Welcome to the Everyday Advocate Podcast, where we sit down and talk about empowered leadership and healthy relationships as we work in the field of human trafficking and how you can grow as a mentor and leader wherever you are today. This episode talks about human trafficking and shares details that are for mature audiences. Please be advised. Well, hello. Welcome back. This is Jess. Hey, I'm Audrey. And we are excited. We're starting a new series today. But before we do, Audrey (laughs) has a beach ball. Why do you have a beach ball, Audrey? I have this beach ball in my hand. And it has questions written all over it. So if you think just like traditional uh, multicolored beach ball. And we typically use this as an icebreaker during our mentor training in a way to break the ice, but also get to know our new mentors, our new perspective mentors. And so what we usually do is stand in a circle and then toss the ball around and wherever your hand lands, you have to answer that question. And so we thought it'd be fun. It's a nice day. Uh Um, wish we were at the beach, but we're here (laughs) in a basement. And so anyway, so I'm going to just toss this ball over to Jess and she's going to, she's going to do that. She's going to answer whatever question her hand lands on. So we're going to hope to not break anything either as we do it. Here we go. This happened earlier. We were practicing and I almost spilled my coffee. Well, I did spill my coffee. coffee. And we wanted to, we wanted to do this because we ask our guests questions every time you get to know them and we never spend time kind of just chit chatting. So, and Audrey was like, maybe they don't want to get to know us, but we, we like to think that maybe you do. So, okay. Here's what I landed on. What show on Netflix did you binge embarrassingly fast? Ooh. It's a time to get vulnerable. (laughs) Can it be not on Netflix? Yeah, maybe like any binge show. Yeah. Well, the most recent one. Well, I watch Ted Lasso every Mm -hmm. week, but you don't like binge it because it comes out once a week. I don't wait until it's out. I have to watch it like immediately. The one that I binged recently was, I don't remember what, I think it was on Apple TV, was Shrinking. Oh, yeah. Love Shrinking. It's, well, first of all, the language, there's a lot of language, so you have to kind of like have that filter on, but it was so interesting, especially given like the work that we do, yeah. it was interesting, th- you know, watching therapists kind of go through their own stuff and yeah. then trying to yeah. like work with patients. It was, and it was pretty entertaining. I love in that show, not that we are here to unpack shrinking, but <laughs> since, you, since you brought it up, I do love in that show, particularly how you see how real and normal therapists are yes. also that they're they're not just like they've got it all together yeah. and have all the answers but they are walking through their own uh-huh. complex stories yeah. and things too so i love that show yeah it was a good time good. all right all ready? right <laughs> ready to catch the ball <laughs> i'm ready okay okay my question is who my what is my favorite superhero mm. oh uh, you would you would have a good one because this yeah I just recently in the last, what well, not recently, but in the last couple of years really got into Marvel. I think it was kind of like pandemic times, but I'm going to go with Star-Lord. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> because, which I will say it used to be Captain America because I can like kind of identify with his like buzzkill attitude sometimes because he's always like in the middle of a fight, you know, and there's like language in a fight and he's like language, you know, and I'm like, that's kind of me kind of always like calling <laughs> that kind of stuff out, which cannot be fun for a lot of people. But opposite of that is star lord his human name is peter quill and he's great and anyways the third star or guardians of the galaxy movie came out just recently but we also got a puppy and we named him quill after (laughs) peter quill star lord so that's my favorite superhero i embarrassingly have never seen any of those movies i know i can't can't even i know (laughs) maybe one day maybe one day when my kids are older i don't know i just when I turn on the TV, I want it to be like mindless. Yeah. And so I never. Superheroes are kind of that sometimes. There's yeah. like a lot of complex things, but mm-hmm. they save the day sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor does watch them sometimes after I go yeah. to bed. Yeah. And you got Spider Man yeah. in your house a little bit. A I know bit. that like. It's like Spidey some... and his yeah. amazing friends. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's like... not like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that was fun. Well, we'll, we'll bust out the beach ball again. Yeah. Um, maybe good, next good episode. Time. But we are entering into a new series, Hard Shift. Hard Shift. That's okay. (laughs) If you've been following us, you kind of know that we have been doing different series based on just trafficking education and that whole industry, leadership and mentorship. And we are coming up on a leadership Mm -hmm. series. And as we were planning out the year, 
there are a lot of, I mean, there are endless amount of leadership topics, right? There are so many different ways that we could go with the topic of leadership. But as we were talking about ourselves and our leadership and what's important to us as leaders, we really could not separate our spiritual life Mm -hmm. from our leadership and how much our spiritual life informs the way that we lead and, and the kind of leaders we want to be. And so we wanted to do a series on leading differently as Christians and Obviously, we recognize that not everyone listening to our podcast Mm -hmm. might identify as a Christian. And so, you know, you might be able to take some pieces from this. And those of you who are of Christian faith would love to hear your feedback Mm -hmm. on like what it has looked like for you. So for our first episode here in this series, we wanted to talk through what does a spiritual life look like? What does that mean? Yeah. And when we were planning out this particular series and this topic, I felt we've kind of felt like this had to be one of the first like foundational pieces, like what are spiritual disciplines and healthy rhythms. And when I was thinking about that, Christopher Souter, he is formerly a pastor at the church that I attend, New Circle, but he he immediately came to my mind because he also was my spiritual direction leader. And so I just thought he, and he as a pastor, obviously pastors are leaders in, in, in their way. And so I just always saw that in him that he has, it's clear that he has spiritual disciplines in his life, healthy rhythms that inform and impact his leadership. And I've always really appreciated that about him and he has helped me in that as well. So I thought, Christopher has to be our guest on this episode, and so we got to sit down with him today and unpack spiritual disciplines and healthy rhythms and and what that looks like and and kind of some resources and tools of how to get started if if you're not already familiar with that. So I'm really excited just for who he is and his posture and excited for everyone to get to learn about him and who he is both in his profession and in his personal life and how he incorporates his spiritual disciplines in that as well. All right. So we are sitting here today with Christopher Souter. This is Audrey, by the way, and Jessica is sitting across from me as well. But we are here and super excited to just jump into this conversation today. And But before we get going and we unpack who you are and why you're here and the conversation, would love to just hear from you from your own mouth. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself kind of personally and what you do for fun. Wow, that's, those are all really great questions, and first off, truly honored to be here at the table with you. I live here in Indianapolis. I moved here about eight and a half years ago with my wife, and then we ended up having our, our daughter, Lorelai, here. We moved to Indy to, to be closer to my wife's parents, and we've settled and resided and dwelt here. I am a hospice chaplain, and I spend my days bringing light peace and comfort to patients and families facing terminal illness. It's a really amazing work that I'm so blessed to serve in. I've also served most recently as a pastor of New Circle Church, and now as a position that I am internally grateful for and that God called me towards in this season, honestly, of transition. It's only been a couple of weeks since stepping down from being on staff. So that's been a major life transition for me. For fun, that's a really, that's a tough one. I think most of my life in in threes. So I'm going to give you three things that I enjoy and that I do for fun. So reading. And I know that's a very generic one, but I love the investment that reading gives to Mm -hmm. the soul. Mm -hmm. I'll read whatever. Typically, I read things that are relating and pertaining to the work that I'm doing. I don't really read to to distract myself. So I read often if I'm taking a class, I'm also reading books outside of that pre-before class or after mm-hmm. that class and then specifically my role as a chaplain I read a lot <laughs> read lots of books on yeah. death and dying and bereavement and so this is your for fun this is my for fun <laughs> yeah yeah but that's um that's do, do, and I don't know that sounds like melodramatic and and sounds like 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 I'm trying to be a martyr but that's honestly what I like to do for fun but like I said I just love the investment that reading gives to the soul mm-hmm. so whether or not I pertain it or, or 
or, you know, hold on to it. The fact that I'm sitting with it in that moment Mm -hmm. is truly an investment. I love listening to music. This has been a rhythm of mine from the, the earliest of age. I was actually talking to my mom. Her and I both have Spotify and she's been making a, a life playlist and I'm also <laughs> making a life playlist. And we were just talking about how random things can be when you just let your life story kind of inform. And you're like, wow, remember, I remember what it felt like to be there at that moment, listening to that. Uh-huh. And so it's, I, I, so I sent my playlist to my mom this morning. I said, I said, it's a little bit of everything. There's some salty language. It's just, you know, it's a little bit of everything. So again, music nourishes the soul. You know, I'm often out and driving between visits with patients. And I spend time connecting to music that will help me practice Mm -hmm. the sacredness of each moment. Mm -hmm. So I live my life in this way that I need to listen to music that will prepare my soul mm-hmm. that when I go across that threshold into that door that I've kind of had some some time. So yeah, kind of reading and music kind of both are informing yeah. that. Listening to music helps me truly be present with myself and my own story. So those two, and then third, what I do for fun, I like taking walks in all seasons. I did that this morning. We're blessed with great weather right now. Mm-hmm. But I try to walk outside every day, regardless. So in all seasons, there even negative thirty, like wind chill, You're I, out there, bu- bundled up, is out there. Maybe that one day of the year I'm <laughs> yeah, not. There was, maybe there's there, like one day. Yeah, there's one. Year. Year. Yeah, there's probably one day. <laughs> but we have a that's loop cool. around our house that's a mile, mm-hmm. and it's really amazing to see the seasons mm-hmm. go come and go and. It's really easy now to do that mile, but there's times and, but you know, we always find there's always moments where the weather just springs forth and you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. I I just want to be outside. So that's what I I honestly, I do for fun. And it helps me practice that sacredness of each moment, be centered and truly enjoy the creation that God has given me. So that's what I do for fun. A little bit about myself. I love that. I also, so when you're talking about kind of walking in all seasons, kind of walking that same loop even it reminds me of my sister she had a really really beautiful street that she lives on and so she just goes out in front of her house like on the same day like like on the 14th of every month and she'll go out and take a picture of the same direction oh. and then she compiles them all and it is really beautiful to just see 12 shots around like the same time of the of the month each month and just seeing like the different that's interesting yeah like even cool. So she's focused on kind of like the nature, but I always love picking out like, are the cars the same? Are there, is there anything different? Are there kids playing? Or is there, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool to kind of just notice from the same vantage point, Mm -hmm. you know, through the season. So that's cool. That's amazing. I, I really love that idea. I found, so we moved into my house almost two years ago and this is not nearly as intentional as what your sister does but i found on google maps you can go back in years Mm -hmm. and look at pictures so i found my house from 2007 when i don't know google maps was Mm -hmm. i don't know beginning and just seeing we have six massive trees in our front yard and watching them grow over the years and it's almost it's it it, (laughs) you realize how quickly time goes and, uh-huh. and, and just, yeah, it, to watch it from 2007, 11, 15 and 19 or whatever. They're not, mm-hmm. they're just, it's very random, but that was just something I, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought of. Mm-hmm. Cool. But when you just stare out your window and you're watching those trees, it doesn't look like anything's happening. Right. No. But over time, right. there's a spiritual lesson in there. Somewhere. There is a spiritual <laughs> lesson in there. I, I wanted to hear, so it's not every day that you meet a hospice chaplain. Okay. But even talking to you this morning, I'm like, your demeanor, your your interests, your, you know, the things that you enjoy doing, you clearly were made to do something like that. How did you get into it? Was it something you always knew you wanted to do? No. In fact, I, I didn't really, I didn't really know it, it existed for 
really quickly, my experience with hospice was through a loved one about 10 years ago, saw her pass in a hospital, hospice hospital wing. It was a really, a, truly a sacred moment where family was gathered, we were singing and we were praying and it, it, just watching her finish the race, step over that threshold, cross that line. And that was my first experience with seeing somebody pass away. And it left an indelible mark on me because A, it was truly beautiful. And then also it was rather unclimatic. And I thought, wow, that's something like there was no agitation. There was no restlessness. Mm. There was just peace. And I've always been fascinated or predisposed to the existential, to looking at what is it? Why are we here? What is the meaning in this? And so that kind of idea has always been part of my life. And I knew I wanted to be in ministry from a very early age. And to be honest, I'm not, you know, I didn't, wasn't tailor made for youth ministry or, you know, that just Mm -hmm. uh, getting to know me, like it's not something that, that I am even remotely, you know, I'm not this, although I'm becoming more joyful and playful in, in this part of my life, which is really ironic that you would think (laughs) that, being around death and dying would mm. kind of make yeah. you somber. And, yeah. But it's really, it's been quite the opposite. I, so the, that was a personal experience. You know, obviously God has made me and wired me with a, with a predisposition to do this. And so when it found, the hospice truly found me and a friend of mine, Barry Rager, who you will... He's on the podcast next week. He's on the podcast. So yeah, (laughs) Barry said, have you considered hospice? And I thought, no, but yes, Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I thought the second the words came out of his mouth, I I took me back to being in that moment with my loved one and yes. And so when I interviewed the, the inner, the director said, you'll know right away if you're called to this. And I knew right when I met my first patient, God just plunged me to be near this person all I wanted to do was hold that hand Mm. and be near and I thought there's no other place that I would want to be and so I am so blessed internally grateful that God has invited me into this and we we hospice is really about bringing peace comfort and light and that comes in many forms both physically emotionally socially and spiritually that the vision of how do we integrate this terminal illness, this separation from a loved one, from their family? How do we integrate this somehow into something hopeful mm-hmm. and meaningful that the family then can journey on, that they can, like I did, like I'm doing mm-hmm. 10 plus years with my loved one when I reflect on that. and I know that she had peace in that yeah. moment. That's what I, you know, I hope to do, so... Thanks for sharing that. That's beautiful. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love your perspective. So many people don't have that perspective on death and dying. And I think it's just a really beautiful to kind of peek into those mm-hmm. moments with you. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> you get a couple of hospice chaplains around a table and within five <laughs> minutes they're talking about death and dying. And <laughs> I try to not to like, you know, bring too much heaviness, you know, because it's because there is so much beauty in mm-hmm. it. We live in a death-denying society, and I think mm. it's really important that we we have that perspective that the the art of dying that we're dying to ourselves, but what what we're gaining inside is transformation. Mm. Like God is transforming us from the inside, and that and Scripture really speaks to that that we die to the flesh, you know, but what we gain is is so beautiful. And it's not lost on me that I step on, stand at the threshold of eternity every day. But mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm laughing. Oftentimes we're mm-hmm. engaging in life review and yeah. singing. And it really is a beautiful experience. I mean, I I have not done that in that way, in that very intentional way. But it does seem like taking something that is hard and part of the brokenness of our world and and pointing out and drawing out the the hope in it and. I always have appreciated your intentionality around everything that you're doing. And I feel like you are someone that you pass by in the church hallways and you don't just say, Hey, how's it going? How are you? And expect like a, 
it's good. Like you kind of, you're always walking a little slower, like not, I, I don't know if that's an intentional thing, but, or just a posture thing, but, but I feel like your, the slowness of your pace is inviting to, for someone to actually respond with a real answer of, instead of saying like, I'm good, like this week was great, you know, mm-hmm. to actually like posture yourself, walk slowly to like receive an, a real answer. And so I feel like that's an encouraging thing that I have experienced, but I am also curious what like what encourages you or what is encouraging you lately yeah i loved that that question and it's it's such a beautiful question in, a, in an age of discouragement mm-hmm. to be reminded of what's encouraging you because i think it makes us pause and do a quick reflection because i gut reaction is to say something discouraging. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So, well, certainly spring is encouraging me lately. The abundance of creation, walking with my wife and daughter and seeing creation respond in this season. It's really easy in spring to be excited and happy. And I've taken quite a bit of interest in the birds in my neighborhood lately. That's yes, been encouraging. Yes, you're a birder. <laughs> yeah, bird. Is that, I don't think that's the right word. I don't know, but that's what people call me. <laughs> yeah. So we have a ton around us. And again, it takes me back to my yeah. story. I feel like there's this perpetual morning dove mm-hmm. that has followed me around my entire life and sings to me. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really melodramatic too, but that I always hear a morning dove. And I think of birds singing as church bell chimes that cause me to, you know, pause and breathe. Mm -hmm. So that's creation itself Mm -hmm. is just encouraging Mm -hmm. to me. Human beings, people, created beings, truly encouraging to me. We were doing this series. It's a, a series on leadership and we, as we were trying to form some of the topics that we wanted to talk about, we were, we were talking about how it's so important to internally prepare yourself and internally have healthy rhythms and do things that strengthen ourselves and our faith in, in order for us to be able to lead. And often when we talk about leadership, I don't know that we always talk about the internal work. It's more like, what are some things we can put in place or how do we interact with people? Mm-hmm. But there's so much internal work that has to be done in order to be a strong, healthy, especially Christian leader. And so that's why we really wanted to talk with you today. And so I I wondered if you could start out by sharing, like, as a leader, you've been a leader in the church and in different areas of your life, and we are Christian leaders, you know, so we wanted to talk about, like, what are some things, some disciplines, some healthy rhythms that are helpful as people who are Christian and wanting to lead in a healthy way? Yeah, and I think that's amazing and i think that's so timely and so our ability to lead well should be informed by the intentional disciplines and rhythms that we put into our own life you know you're talking about my ability to go a little bit slower oftentimes i feel like it's when times of stress and times of anxiousness i'm moving faster and I'm not having those intentional conversations because maybe there's some restlessness in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about healthy disciplines and rhythms, it's those things that are so behind the scenes, so core to our development, that the overflow of that is your interactions with coworkers or people in the church or whoever you're leading in order to lead really well, it needs to be informed by healthy rhythms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the spiritual disciplines or rhythms are just intentional means of connecting with God more rhythmically in our lives. You know, I think about disciplines that I practice daily, weekly, annually, so that, you know, my life could be connected to God through the means of transformation and the reason why we do this is is that connection with God to be more transformed to the image of his son so that you know that there's that you know that, that vertical relationship mm-hmm. and then also the horizontal that when i look you know i'm here with you 
I've already spent time with my Savior this morning, and I feel like I can be present with you because I've already, you know, he's filled me up a mm-hmm. bit. So, so some spiritual disciplines, you know, thinking about the rhythms of prayer, reading, fasting, the discipline of confession, both individually as a community, I think those are so important to have a confessional mindset. I was talking to my daughter yesterday about what it means to to be perfect. <laughs> and she, you know, she's eight years old and desiring to like, I mean, truly, maybe it's a biased parent, but she's perfect, you know? <laughs> and, 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 you know, I said, honey, you're going to, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're going to fall down. But you have a perfect God who's so forgiving. But you just need to go with, go to him with a confessional attitude. So developing that mindset at an early age will really help in that prayerful, prayerful walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, taking holidays, holy days, vacations, generosity, stewarding our gifts, fellowship. You know, my personal favorites are silence and solitude, which it can be used as maybe not so healthy as well. They're all means of, you know, that are very countercultural mm-hmm. to the rhythm set before us by our normal clock. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about the spiritual disciplines themselves. But the idea is that we practice these rhythms as leaders so that we can be there for our people. Mm-hmm. We can be there in the right moment so we can truly be intentional. You know, there's that, everybody wants to be intentional, but I think it requires so much behind the scenes that will inform when you are with somebody else to truly be there because you've spent time disciplining yourself so you know paul says if we live by the spirit we are to be guided by the spirit so a spirit-filled life is one that walks in step arm in arm with the spirit and brings the fruit of the you know the, the fruit of the spirit to to other people i did a funeral on monday and i gave a sermon the the the, the text the my patient had wanted was on the fruit of the spirit. And I thought about all these fruits in her basket of life, that of love and joy and peace. And her family was reflecting on that. And she really lived a life full of fruit. And she gave that bounty to her family and friends and to those that she worked with. So it's a little, all a little all over the place but they're they're so important <laughs> yeah. i mean i can definitely tell i mean i feel like there's a correlation even as you were talking i was thinking i can remember times in my life seasons in my life like particularly when i had my second child i was like overwhelmed there was not a lot of margin for me to like have those healthy rhythms and routines and spiritual disciplines and i just i could tell a difference in my interactions with people i could tell a difference in my just posture and in my mental health and you know it's it's just like if you're eating healthy or not right if you're putting those discipline or if you're exercising or not it's you can see the the fruit good or bad (laughs) of whatever your habits are you have habits they are producing some kind of fruit Mm -hmm. and depending on how you want your health to be or how you want your mental health to be or how you want your interactions to be those are a direct result of you know of what you're doing and and in, internally. And so whether or not, I mean, you can, to an extent, I feel like you can put on a face and you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps to an extent, but then those that know you and those that walk with you more closely or the longer you're with, you know, people or the longer you try to do that, your real self kind of shows and it, you can't pour from an empty cup, however cliche that sounds, it's true. And, and so the times that I have been able to fill my cup up first and spent more time with the Lord that is reflected in my interactions and in my posture. And so, but it's interesting, you know, hearing that just kind of reminding myself again of like, there are so many different ones. It's not just Mm -hmm. sitting down and reading and journaling with the Lord in the morning or, you know, there's so many different ways to connect with the Lord and different habits, different 
spiritual disciplines that you can put into place. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to encourage anybody who may be in a season themselves right now where they have a newborn or they're going through an intense, Mm -hmm. intense season that is very different for them to be gracious with themselves, Mm -hmm. to be, to, to allow that grieving or that suffering to, to be transformative. The feeling of being worn out is, is, as one being pressed, the disciplines can be nourishing water, even if the season around them themselves is rather chaotic. So I've, you're exactly right. I, when I'm anxious and I look around, what, what, what is going on around me that might be when I'm approaching or I feel like I don't really want to sit and pray this morning, (laughs) what else is going on in my life? Mm. And it's, you know, there's so much, our lives are not compartmentalized. That's all to say. And just ask your spouse, (laughs) how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) When you were talking about grace, and this is not a question we prepared you for, so I apologize. But when you were talking about that, I grew up in a church where I very much felt like the spiritual disciplines were like, if you don't do this, you're bad. And there was like an expectation you had to meet. And it was very like right or wrong. If I wasn't, you know, reading my Bible X amount or like, do, like all of these things, if I didn't fast when it, it, then you were bad and there was a lot of guilt heaped on you, but really they're meant to be gifts. Absolutely. Can you talk about like that difference and how maybe someone who grew up in a church like me, like I've, I've been through a process now to kind of now I see them as gifts and as valuable and not just something to be checked off to be a good Christian. Do you know what I mean? Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Well, our vocation in life is to be apprentices of Jesus Christ. That's, that's why we're here. When we look at work as something that, well, I got to go to work because it's important because I'll get a paycheck so I can feed, you know, there's that, that task, check this, check that, check that so that I can receive this. That doesn't, that's, that, that doesn't produce much. When we think, when we approach, well, you read your scripture so that you can check that off, that you can, you've, you've, you've had that 15 minutes or half an hour with God, you can then go about your day because you already did that and kind of neglect anything you know, else, but because you know you did that. that it, I just don't feel like that produces anything, anything that's of value or of substance. God is a God of, of grace, ultimately. These are truly gifts that help us in our vocation, not, not as, our, as our job of being alive in this world, but our vocation of being followers, because we can practice the kingdom of God here and now. We're invited into deep, deep intimacy here with him. You know, I think we, have, we, we default to this, well, when we get home to heaven, things will be, we'll, 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 we'll be, you know, that's where we're going. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is that heaven's going to look a lot like earth in a lot of ways. And we're going to do things, you know, we're going to be active and I believe we'll have a vocation in, in, in heaven. We'll have responsibilities and roles. And we're invited into that practice now mm-hmm. on this side of eternity. And so that excites me to have a posture of living my life rhythmically with God, that it's not just obligatory, but it's actually really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when that, because I I think I kind of would probably default to you, Jess, that that may have been my default as well. I don't know when when it changed. I think it was just when I realized that I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I get to speak with my father. Mm-hmm. And he loves me because I'm his son, that I'm cherished, that I'm made in his image. Wow, I want to be yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to approach this life in a way that's anything other than just I can run to my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
be picked up, held, we can go play together, we can enjoy creation together, we can have a constant communion together. Mm -hmm. I wish the church spoke more on that because I really believe that's how Jesus led his life. Yeah, And when you get a taste of it that way, Mm -hmm. you don't want to go back. No. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. And all it does is just require a taste. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you can show the fruit of that to those around you when they see that transformative life it's very profound Mm -hmm. and people will go that's there's something uniquely different in that they don't you may not be able to articulate it but they go because i i've had that Mm -hmm. you know i've been around men and women who have further along in the journey who've shown me that mm-hmm. I as you both were kind of speaking back and forth I it kind of reminded me of actually this morning on my way in to the office I was listening to a podcast and uh, it's the next right thing by Emily P Freeman if either of you are familiar with it or anybody listening but on there she was taught she said that it was actually on spiritual disciplines oddly enough and she said anything that you do with an awareness of God is a spiritual discipline. And I thought that was really interesting. And so she kind of gave the, the examples of like, you can wash the dishes, right? You like, well, and with an awareness of God, you can fold the laundry, you can mow the lawn or, you know, whatever you're doing. And I think there is that, that side of spiritual discipline of just being constantly aware of the spiritual aspect of, of the life that we live. But I also, it kind of made me think and in conjunction with what you guys were both just saying, I think sometimes either as individual Christians or as leaders kind of going, even what you were saying, Jessica, that like, sometimes it can feel like a checkbox, but what, I don't know if you can speak to this, Christopher, what would it look like more practically? So yes, like read your Bible. Yes. Pray. Yes. Go to God um, with us, uh, heart and posture of confession, but as a leader, what are, is there, is there a way to show up differently in front of the people that you serve without it being a spectacle, without it being like, look at me, right? Like I have this spiritual, like you show up and I know that you've spent time with the Lord because I, I can just sense it on you, right? Like, I know that sounds maybe weird or woo 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 but <laughs> there is a difference, but for somebody who is leading and maybe is new to even spiritual disciplines, maybe they hear them and they think, I don't know any other way to approach them other than a checkbox. Can you speak to that a little bit of what it might look like kind of more practically or even how it shows up or how it presents itself as a benefit in the in a workplace or in any context someone leads? Yeah, I'm going to try my best here. I think you look at what you're naturally inclined towards. Mm. Do you enjoy reflection? Journal about it. Mm. You know, are you worn out in the season, taking time to rest? My first encouragement really would just to begin, to begin praying, not buying a book on prayer, (laughs) but to just begin and to take that first step of, of opening yourself up to being vulnerable before God, to allow that need to take root, to just... I think that God so often honors that baby, baby step of us and we'll do all the work. If we just, he just wants us. He's so, he's so gracious because he could move my foot along, you know, making me take that step. But he's so, he's just, he, he just allows you know, he's right there, you know, as I'm taking that step. And he'll, whatever characteristic that he wants to grow in you, he will. We're all called to different forms of leadership. But just to allow yourself and allow the Spirit of God to be invited into your work. Just allow that. Just say, hey, God, how are you showing up in my work today? Mm-hmm. I want to be more present with my coworkers. I want people to see joy in my face. I, you know, I, what happens to me when I think about practicing the sacred moment, 
you know, and I'll be out mowing my lawn and I'm like, wow, this is really beautiful. And then I'll just for the next 15, 20 minutes, forget about that and just kind of, and that's okay. Like I'm just going along with my life and going on autopilot. I'm not in this constant, like, you know, I'm aware of God in every moment. It's just not realistic. I would love that, but I don't even know if that's, that's realistic, but I know that when I, in the 20 minutes that maybe I didn't think about God's nearness, I know he was there. When I think I'm like, God, where were you in that 20 minutes? Thank you that you were with me in those 20 minutes when I did not think about you at all. I just would encourage your listeners or yourselves and myself to just begin to connect with something that is meaningful to you because the disciplines are already you've you're you're already living a rhythmic life you're already living some form of discipline whether or not you know it or not that's just how we're wired when you guys were talking the word that i kept thinking of was just like an integration like instead of thinking about your spiritual life being just like one component mm-hmm. <clears throat> integrating it into your everyday life mm-hmm. and i feel like that that is a discipline in and of itself, right? So I think, I think you know what I, what I was referring to earlier was like this mindset of like my spiritual life is something I can just do and be done with. Mm-hmm. But as you guys were talking about washing dishes and mowing lawns yeah. and interacting with people and leadership and all the different aspects of our life, integrating it with our spiritual life, I think is the goal, mm-hmm. right? and seeing God in all of those different places and asking God, how can I be present and reflect you in all of those spaces Mm -hmm. instead of it being separate. Yeah. I really appreciate how Christopher, you said, just begin, Mm -hmm. like just start praying, start talking to God. You don't have to go buy a book on prayer. Mm -hmm. I think like, obviously those things are good and can be good and beneficial as we're maturing in our faith and growing in our faith. But I love just the simplicity of like, we have all the tools we need to have that, you know, aspect of our life show up. That's the spirit with that dwells within all believers. He's given us all that we need and he's given us great tools and great men and women along the journey who have written about these Mm -hmm. to help us. I was reflecting on a, a passage in Matthew when, when Jesus looks at the harvest and, and, and it's so great, and the labors are few. And, and we see a glimpse into Jesus' prayerful attitude. And he, and he says, when he saw the crowds, you know, when he saw them with his own eyes, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he, you know, he says to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. And I love that when Jesus looks at the crowd, he sees them as they really are. He sees that they need love. They need compassion. He has compassion. I love that aspect of Jesus. And that comes because he has had he's walking in step with his father and he he just wants to bless and protect those in his care and i think when we when we look at our lives as advocates the work that you're doing that you have compassion for so many people who are helpless and broken and what is giving you that perspective a prayerful attitude a prayerful walk and that's that integration that you're talking about Jess that's where really it meets you know heaven and earth meet in the sacredness of this life when we see people as truly created beings and we long for them to have intimacy because that's the spiritual disciplines need to go out they're not for us solely Mm -hmm. they need to be given they need that fruit needs to go out Mm -hmm. otherwise you won't you will not progress Mm -hmm. in this walk So we have covered a lot of ground in this conversation, but I would love to just kind of hear from you if you could speak to why are these disciplines and rhythms beneficial to us as people and leaders? It's a great question. 
they're beneficial to us because they serve as a reminder that God himself gave us these truly for our benefit in all seasons of life. I think we live in an age of instant gratification, you know, a like or one-click purchase, you know, a view. The disciplines deeply root us in the long game Mm. of the spiritual walk. So whether you are in a season of joy or in a season of suffering, whatever season you are in, you are being prepared and you are given gifts in that moment. You know, rarely am I ever moved to this mountaintop experience with God. And, you know, often I just continue on my day, but there are these incremental changes Mm. that when I look back, I can see, wow, I am being transformed. Mm -hmm. That is really that sin pattern in my life is falling away, partly because I mean, mostly because God's transforming me, but also because I'm participating in this journey Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think is so important to these conversations is when we look at our spiritual growth, when I look at spiritual leaders, I often have how I ask, whether it's explicitly or implicitly, I'm asking when I look at that person, I say, how have they suffered Mm -hmm. in their journey? How have they been wounded by their experience in this life? And how has that suffering informed their faith? How has that transformed them? And how well someone leads spiritually typically coincides with how well they've journeyed through suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this direct correlation that intense growth happens in periods of suffering. Mm -hmm. And so we prepare ourselves in all seasons so that when we inevitably do go through that suffering. So if you are, you know, listening right now and you're thinking, man, like I'm in a really good season, everything's going really great for mm-hmm. me. Well, p- prepare yourself. It, it will happen. It's just part of mm-hmm. the walk mm-hmm. and it's part of our brokenness mm-hmm. and it, we can't live you know, I know suffering is going to happen in my own life, mm-hmm. whether it's today or tomorrow or 10 years from now, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. How am I preparing myself for that part of the journey? Mm-hmm. That's really good. I think, yeah, I think we can coast sometimes when things are going well and we think, Oh, I don't really need God as much right now. Or, you know, we can get into those mindsets, but I think many of us who have journeyed with Christ for any length of time can say, Oh yeah. Like when I did go through a really hard time, I had those roots in Christ and that is what got me through. That is what my faith was held strong because I had those roots and I had laid that foundation. And so I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because there are ebbs and flows and there are seasons of good and, and hard. And it's sometimes if we don't have that foundation and roots, it's easier to get lost in the suffering time. Right. And so I think that's really important. That's one of the reasons that we try to put those spiritual rhythms and habits in place. Absolutely. If you are in a good season, gather as much fruit as possible. Uh We're watching Lord of the Rings right now. (laughs) And, you know, the the hobbits are given some Lumbus bread. It's this bread from the elves that helps them in their journey and it's it's supposed to nourish them and as they get you know as frodo and sam are getting closer to mordor or their suffering is increasing they're able they're not able to find the fruit if you know and so they've had that it's kind of a i love that you just use the lord of the rings it's kind of a poor analogy but (laughs) but it's kind of it's very similar Mm -hmm, if you're in a really good season Store it up, store it up. When I was thinking too, if you're in a good season or, or in a season of suffering, I do think praise and worship is such like an important discipline too. Cause I think sometimes we, how you were just saying, Jess, like, you know, we can just coast and, you know, kind of quote unquote, like feel like we don't need God as much, Mm -hmm. which which is a lie. We need God all the time. (laughs) But in those seasons where we, if we recognize that we're coasting, I think 
being sure to pause to just praise God for the, th- mm-hmm. the things that are good. Um, but I love that imagery of just like storing up mm-hmm. your basket too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just like carrying and it. And we're in community, right? Yeah. So how many times have even just yeah. you and I, yeah. you're in a hard season, yeah. but things are like, or vice versa. And yeah. so the fruit that I have can overflow. And mm-hmm. like, so we're in community. It's not all yeah. praise the Lord. We're not all going through hard seasons at the same time. And I think that's yeah. on purpose. Right. And mm-hmm. so we can, use that fruit and that strength to help the people that we are in community with as well. Yeah. And I think your vulnerability of saying, I'm not in a season where there's much fruit. Mm-hmm. Can I have some of yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks really good. <laughs> yeah. But that is, that is part of the Christian community too. Yeah. That I don't think gets put in as a spiritual rhythm, even mm-hmm. as being in community. I know that fills me up a lot when I'm in specifically like a spiritual community where we're investing in and discussing scripture or what's going on in our lives. But also just wanted to kind of ask also if you have found specific tools that are helpful or resources to turn to if, if you're kind of in a season of, I don't have a lot of fruit, but I also don't maybe have a ton of community around that is producing a lot of fruit that I can ask for, you know, or what are some of those tools or resources that you've found to be helpful? Well, I would begin with approaching the Gospels, Mm -hmm. ultimately going to the source, identifying passages where we explicitly or implicitly see the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's no other better place than to go right to to God's Word. And I know that may be the the Sunday school answer, but... (laughs) (laughs) Pray and read the Bible. Um, There's a reason that's the Sunday school answer. (laughs) No, I, there's resources, you know, even in that, when we look at Jesus's response here in that passage that I read, he had compassion. Mm -hmm. Why did he have compassion when he grieves the death of Lazarus? Why is he grieving the death of Lazarus? Finding passages of lamenting a scripture that speaks into so much. There's, you know, there's, Scripture will have something on every part of the walk. And obviously, you know, there's resources about maybe specific passages that you can go to. But ultimately, I would approach the Gospels and going right to to the life of Jesus. For really specific people that have been impactful for me in my own journey, writers like Henri Nouwen, who who lived a, a life of pain, who lived a life of joy. His, his book, The Way of the Heart, was deeply impactful on, on my, my spiritual journey. Thomas Merton, or a gentleman is kind of lesser known, but I would really recommend is, is Thomas Dubay, D-U-B-A-Y. He wrote a p- profound book called Fire, Fire Within. And it's all about how like the saints you know, we we look at the saints as thinking these are mythical creatures. They're they're mm-hmm. not. They're they they're they have they're, they're un. They're just they're so disconnected from reality, and that is only a one and done kind of deal. But what he says is that we are all invited mm-hmm. invited because we have the fire within us. Mm-hmm. We have the spirit residing in us that propels us to deeper intimacy, and mm-hmm. so. We, it's not just for the saints to have this communion with God. And those, those have been really impactful on me. A gentleman, the name is, it's kind of hard. His name's Hans Urs von Balthasar. I don't know, maybe if you could put that in. Yeah. 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 His parents weren't, you know, thinking too highly of him, maybe when they gave him that name, but he is the hard name, really beautiful writer for, you know, more contemporary resources, the ministry of Renavare has been deeply impactful. They've written a lot of material for the lay the lay person. They have a wonderful podcast themselves, great resources. They're, they have a study Bible. This is the Bible I have here with me that I've used forever, and it's really great. InterVarsity Press themselves also has a really great imprint and publication that speaks to so much. And I do want to recognize the ministry of Nancy and Ray Kane, Nancy has had a profound impact on me. She's in Chicago. She branched off and, and developed her own ministry called the Caritas Center. 
And Nancy, as you talk about leaders who have led well, she's had an indelible impact upon my spiritual walk. So there's, there's so many resources out there, but approach the Gospels. What are you being invited into in this season? And begin there. Those are kind of the things that, that kind of came to my mind. Yeah. That's so good. And we will, we'll link all of those resources for the listeners. So they don't have to try to write all those names down for the ministries. Something else that kind of just came to my mind because it, when I started kind of going deeper into spiritual disciplines actually came from conversations with you, Christopher, when as a pastor at New Circle, you were doing spiritual direction for members of the congregation. And so would you be able to just even speak a little bit? I don't know if that's what part of Nancy's ministry is or not, um, but would you be able to speak to even just spiritual direction for individual people or if that was something that they wanted to talk with a spiritual leader specifically about almost spiritual mentorship or you know something like that how how could someone go about getting connected in that way and i don't know if nancy has virtual opportunities or things like that but could you speak a little bit to spiritual direction oh that's a great question i love that spiritual friendship Mm. a spiritual guide a spiritual mentorship whatever you want to define it is having a conversation intentionally around your spiritual life. We can link some resources, okay. some places that there's so many spiritual directors that are Christ-centered that look to have meaningful, open-ended conversations with people, allowing you to share places in your journey where maybe you are least aware of God's presence and maybe where you're most aware of God's mm-hmm. presence. And having Christ-centered conversations, finding a, a person in your own faith community that God has placed directly in your life to having those conversations. Spiritual direction has been part of the church for, for centuries, and I, I think we do practice it. We practice it intentionally at times, but we often practice it intentionally when we have meaningful mm-hmm. conversations in the hallway. So mm-hmm. there's there's times when I need to sit down with somebody once a month and get into it, mm-hmm. get deep into it and get lost in the weeds and mm-hmm. allow them to share space with me. Mm-hmm. Here in Indianapolis, Fall Creek Abbey mm-hmm. is an amazing resource. Dave and Beth Borum are amazing and they're they're just amazing people who train train directors. Ray and Nancy Kane in Chicago train directors themselves as well. So if you're interested in, in, in that, you know, there's resources about, you know, getting involved and there's, you know, many resources. But I would encourage you to have a director in your life, whether that's that's, you know, going to see somebody on a routine basis, but having a mentor, somebody who's going to help guide you along, because as a leader, you need that leader, you know, you need that guide yourself. You can only give, I'm saying this to myself right now, I'm, I'm about to take a vacation and I need it bad. You know, I need that rest. I need to be filled up because I've been giving so much of myself and my energy. God, what are you inviting me into now? help me pause help me to reflect obviously god's the great director of our souls but we need he's given us people in this journey so yeah so much i i appreciate i feel like we've scratched the surface there's so many like places we could have paused and talked for another hour around different you know topics but it was really great to just have this kind of introduction into like what does it mean to have spiritual rhythms and healthy spiritual practices what are the benefits why is it important as a leader and maybe we'll maybe in the future we'll do some more episodes on this because there is so much to it and there's it's such a foundation of who we are and why we are the way that we are, you know, in our organization too. So I'm just glad that we had the opportunity. I am so grateful. Honestly, Christopher, we've had, you know, a few conversations, but it's been really nice to sit down and have some intentional time to hear from you. So I appreciate you being with us. It's been an absolute honor. I think the world of both of you and the work that you're doing here in Indianapolis. And I, I'm so amazed a lot of people ask me, 
or say to me, I don't know how you do what you do. It must be so hard. <laughs> I'm sure you hear that as well. Yeah. And I look at you and I think, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> but you get to do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, God has placed within us and given us people in our journey to help us along. So these meaningful conversations of encouragement mm-hmm. where we can celebrate all that God is doing, I am so thank you for the work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Everyday Advocate podcast. We hope you left inspired to make a difference in your community wherever you are today. Be sure to check out our show notes for any resources that we mentioned today. We release a new episode every Friday, so subscribe wherever you're listening from so you don't miss out. Feel free to give us a rating and share your favorite episodes with your friends to help inspire them to be everyday advocates too. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email us at Everyday Advocate at allies inc.org and follow us on Instagram at the underscore everyday underscore advocate.